Bill O'Reilly now joins us. His final thought for the decade with a special appearance from Holly the Terror Dog. Uh, and uh, welcome to the program, Bill O'Reilly. How are you? So, Beck, I'm, I'm very yeah. prayerful. That's how I am. I'm praying. <laughs> I knew, I'm prayerful. I knew you were going to say this. Yeah. And I'm praying for you and Stu. Um, are you wearing a black dress? Uh, no, I'm not. Uh, I don't have okay. one, but All right. um, All right. you know, Holly does. Anyway, okay. um, I'm praying for you and Stu because, you know, you guys spent about three and a half minutes maligning me. Um, and, you know, in the Christmas season, I, I just Crap, think you were that... On the phone. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I was hearing it. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody uh, should alert me when you're holding. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, so, Bill, I'm, I'm excited to talk to you because this has been an incredible week. Uh, I have a major announcement coming up in the bottom of the hour, so we're going to have to cut this short. But uh, I want to hear your thoughts on, on the sad, solemn burden, the burden of this beautiful, glorious Constitution given to us by these genius founding fathers that they all adore in the Democratic Party. Did you weep um, for them? No. Um, so, <laughs> you know, I, I'm, I'm sitting here as an American, as a historian, and as a pundit. All right. So I have a three pronged um, opinion. And, okay. and I'm looking at it from an American. Let's take that first. Uh, bad for the yep. country. Everything just not getting us anywhere. Not helping anyone advance their lives. Would everyone agree mm-hmm. with that? Yes. Yes. Okay, because mm-hmm. you're not going to get them out of there. Uh, you know, you can do whatever you want, Nancy. It's not happening. The Senate's not going to boot them. All right. The second and I thing think, is just, Bill, b- b- wait, 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 Bill, do you agree yeah. with me if they actually had a case? I mean, a solid case that he was colluding, that he was doing yeah, anything oh, with yeah, Russia yeah. or Ukraine? It, yep. They could have gotten him out, but this is a sham. Yep. Um, okay. So there, and that's my next point as a, as a historian. So mm-hmm. I look and I see, because I've written eight history books, the, the most successful nonfiction book series of all time. And, and I want to tell everybody, I really appreciate Stu ordering all eight books for Christmas. That was really nice, Stu. Thank you. Oh, and I did Do you remember when you times. said to me, mm-hmm. Do you remember when you said to me, yeah. Beck, what are you doing writing all these books? And I'm like, Bill, you got to write books. I mean, I'm telling you, this is the thing. Right. I you remember I that? I don't remember that, Beck, but um, of course it sounds don't. like something I would say and you would say. <laughs> um, all right. So all right. as a historian, I, I go, oh, oh, the two convictions in the House were obstruction of Congress. All right. However, mm-hmm. because the president has executive privilege, he doesn't mm-hmm. have to answer subpoenas from anyone. Anyone. Mm-hmm. He can say, no, these were private conversations, and if you'd like to take it into federal court, we'll litigate it there, and the case would be won in a day, all right, because I was, he has I was, executive privilege. I was talking to Rudy Giuliani last night. Uh, and uh, he said, you know what? One of the things is that they, they say that he was obstructing Congress on that. I wouldn't turn over all of my personal papers to them. He's like, I'm his personal attorney. It's called Correct. attorney client privilege. I'd be disbarred if I did that. 
Well, look, I think anybody with any frame of reference about the country and about legal matters knows there wasn't, it's not possible to have an obstruction of Congress charge lodged if you have executive privilege. All right. And then the next one is abuse of power. Well, every single president, Beck, everyone could have been impeached on that. And I gave four examples. I don't want to run too much and, and take your time. I know you have a special announcement to make. Uh, oh, that sounds hostile. All of that that sounds hostile. Remember, I have you trapped on a. I have you trapped on a cruise ship. So right. anything that you do to me, I'm going to make. I'm going to make that the cruise from hell for you. Just well, I got you know. a bodyguard back, so uh, <laughs> very careful. Yeah. Anyway, well, I've got if you want to know abuse of power of any president. Hit me with the name. George Washington, Abraham Lincoln, Barack Obama, George W. Bush, JFK. Hit me with a name, and I'll tell you how they abuse their power. Every single Okay, I'm going to hit you with a name. George Washington. I want to hear that. George Washington. Remember, when he won the presidency, there was no popular vote because there wasn't any country, really. We had right. won the war, but it, when the precincts weren't set up. Nancy Pelosi was just born. Um, you know, it was. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean that. It's Christmas time. Yeah, no, um, I, know, I know. So George Washington was told, in no uncertain terms, "You are a civilian leader. You are not to use the military." This is the founding fathers, the guys in Philadelphia. There was no Washington D.C. Said you are going to be the first president, and we're electing you, okay? Because we're the Congress. But you don't bring in your army. Okay, Mm -hmm. George was fine with that, right? He's the first president, first inaugural address, takes the oath of office. And what does George do? About a year later, he marches troops into Pennsylvania, put down a whiskey rebellion. Yeah. Okay, which was led by you. Mm -hmm. All right? And, well, and it could have been. Was, was basically these guys in Pennsylvania said, well, we're not going to pay tax on whiskey because the government says we have to. All right, now, right. Have been, that should have been taken care of by the Pennsylvania militia, not by federal troops under the president. He could have mm-hmm. been charged easily with abuse of power. Okay, I, it's a little pinheady. I understand that. but No, I mean, it was, a, it was a halfway interesting story. Halfway, and, uh, okay. Well, you know, it's you know, better yeah. than usual, Beck, right? You're right. I know, I know. Okay. All you right. Know, at this so, point, you, uh, you, and, uh, you and Stu are usually in a hammock in the land of Nod. Right. <laughs> well, because, uh, you know, you yeah, put I us to sleep. I got, uh, I got the, the The IG Horowitz uh, report. Yes. The mo- yes. Did, did you see the FISA court's response to this? Yes, but I'm not uh, applauding the FISA court. They should have been out front a long time ago. They no, no, no. I know that. Yeah, they knew. So now they're all in trouble because these judges had to know this was bull. All right. Um, I mean, they have TV sets. They read newspapers. Yeah. They listen to the Glenn Beck program. In fact, all of the Pfizer judges just texted me. What's the special announcement? I guess <laughs> yeah, I have to tell you. Well, you, yeah. it, you tell them just keep listening in 14 minutes. Because yeah. we get the fat head off and from his blubbering about uh, oh, whatever you're talking about. Um, Father Christmas, thank you, <laughs> fathead. Um, very, very so, good. <laughs> so, uh, no, it's full of Christmas jelly. So yes. it's not actually fat. Okay. So <clears throat> here is the uh, here's the thing. 
How do you feel about the FBI? The fact that not a single field agent blew the whistle on what was going on. There was no... There, still, the field agents should be standing up and demanding justice because their reputation is at stake. Well, during the actual process, it would have been fired had they done that. So I understand the agents, you know, if, if you get out of line the FBI, you go against the hierarchy, you're done. Or you're reassigned to Fargo, North Dakota. Nice town, but it's a little brisk. Um, so I'm not so concerned about that. What I am concerned about is the Durham report, where I, I can't see how McCabe and Comey are not going to be indicted. I mean, maybe they won't be, but I, I can't see it. They absolutely are responsible for this bogus stuff being given to the FISA judges and absolutely responsible for illegal, illegal wiretapping surveillance of the Trump campaign. Um, and so I figure that Durham is going to find that out uh, because now the FBI agents are going to give these guys up. You know they're going to give them up. They're not going to protect Comey and McCabe, fired. Um, no. So I expect that will happen in the late spring, early summer. I will, I will tell you, Comey has been remarkable in this, acting as if he was an observer. You know, he comes uh, on he's, and he's, I just found this out. Uh, uh, you know, and he epitomizes Very. what Washington, D.C. is. He just epitomizes the bureaucracy, the two-faced... The, uh, you know, they'll know, oh, I'm so objective and I don't have, ah, oh, come on, man. You know, I really, I know. it just, it's ridiculous. The whole thing's absurd. I, I know nobody watched this uh, last night, but the debate, I was impressed with Andrew Yang, who um, at least gets this. He, he uh, really scolded the Democratic Party last night and said, you got to stop obsessing over Donald Trump and the uh, impeachment because you just keep making this about, you know, corruption. And, and he was working with the Russians to get elected, which stops you from actually asking the question, why did people vote for him? And he went on this went on this screed that was very well thought out that that said, you know, it's because we're completely out of touch with the American people and their pain, and they're sick of it. I thought it was amazing. You know, Yang's a, a smart guy, but, it, but he is caught up in all the hysteria. You know, I, I tweeted last night uh, all throughout for my audience on BillOReilly.com, which is one of the perks they get. And um, at 8.42, um, 8.42 in the debate, began at 8 o'clock, Yang said that he favors moving Americans to higher ground, Beck. All right. So what if you don't want to move no, to I, higher ground? Are you no, I know. Hey, I'm happy here in West Palm Beach. I really don't want to move to Wyoming to the Tetons. Okay? Right. I, 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 no. So, so, honestly, moving to honestly, higher ground. Okay. Honestly, Bill, 10 years yeah. ago, I would have thought immediately moving to higher ground mean, you know, meaning, you know, be better people. I, no, 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 I didn't no, even consider. No, no, no. I, I know. I didn't even consider you for a you second. Move or not. No. You have to move. I, to yeah, no, it's crazy. All right. Uh, hang on. Bill O'Reilly. More yeah. with him in uh, just a second. And. Uh, I'm here at uh, Turning Point USA. 
where um, Bill, I don't know if you know much about this group, but it's there. It's the, the high schools and the colleges, 18, 24 year olds uh, that are gathering here, about 5000 of them that I mean, these are the ones on the front lines and they're the ones in the schools and the colleges that are standing up against this craziness. It is they're, they're They are electric. They really are electric. It's really amazing. And you don't care. Well, it's a very good organization uh, because we need to have diversity back. You know that, right? Yes. Um, yes. But, we you have know, to it's have really it. interesting. When the left says diversity, uh-huh. they don't mean giving diversity. Conver- uh, conservative youth uh, a chance to speak and, and to no. debate and things like that. That's not diversity. No, no, of no, course. no, no, yeah, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, of course. But I'm glad you're down there. Um, I hope you don't frighten the uh, the urchins. Um, you know, I hope you have <laughs> Stu with you to explain you to them. Um, you know, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, you don't want to. Yeah. yeah. No, I know. Now, what is this uh, this iPhone thingy, Majig? I don't understand it. Uh, there's a new survey out, Bill, that shows that 95 percent of women over the age of 50, 95 percent, plan on voting next November. What does that mean to you? Uh, the survey is bogus. It was taken by the AARP. And the reason they took the survey was to push uh, Medicare for all. And so they're trying to frighten all the politicians by saying, hey, these ladies are going to come out massively, oh. which may be true. And they're all going to vote because they don't like the health care system. They think they're getting hosed. So it was, you know, AARP, they sell a lot of health insurance. Supplemental. Yes. That, that's what this was all about, Beck. And, um, and by the way, the AARP backed Obamacare. Uh, uh, AARP yeah. also also backed Obamacare. Uh, yes. So, yeah. yeah. So whenever what? What's going to? Whenever you get a study or a survey out of these kinds of adv- advocacy groups, you you really have to look below the surface on what they're trying to do, and they're trying yeah. to make more money and trying to influence policy, and that's why this survey came out. All right, Bill, about a minute and a half. What is the thing you want to leave our audience with? Well, this is the last show of the decade. Sarah Dog is making her uh, national television debut on January 4th, Discovery Channel, 8 a.m. Talk about prime time. Um, so Greta Van Susteren's little program, and uh, we're um, with Holly, and it should be a lot of fun. Uh, and I want to thank you and Stu for having me on all year, and, you know, it's very nice of you guys to do it. I think we had a lot of fun, but we make a lot of good points yeah. as well. And um, I want you guys to have a nice Christmas. Are uh, you going to be in Utah, Beck? Is that where you're going? Uh, no, I'm going to uh, going to Idaho. But, uh, yeah, I'll be in the mountains uh, later this afternoon, and I'm thrilled. Bill, I have to tell you, it, uh, your friendship means a lot to me. You have always uh, dealt with me in a fair and honest way. And, uh, and I appreciate you coming on. Uh, all, all the time. Right. We well, we're going to have a lot friendship. of fun in 2020. Uh, yeah, one of, uh, probably the most important election in our lifetime takes place. Yeah. Well, don't exaggerate. <clears throat> I mean, about the fun we're going to have together. But, <laughs> oh. uh, <laughs> Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas, Bill. Merry Thanks Christmas, a lot, man. Appreciate it. Um, all right. We're going to take a quick break, and then when we come back, a major announcement you do not want to miss. Stand by. Hello, America. It's Friday. For about 
eight months, maybe a year, I have felt strongly that I needed to do another restoring event. We started a decade ago, a decade ago, with Restoring Honor in the Washington Mall. Then we did Restoring Courage, and we were the first Christians to speak at the Temple Mount since 70 A.D. Then we were the first group of people to do a spoken word concert, if you will, at Dallas Cowboys Stadium sold out. The day I had to rent that stadium and put my name on it and think, I mean, everybody around me said, you realize how many tickets you have to sell. And I'm like, yes, stop saying that to me. It was terrifying. But that was restoring love. Powerful message. And we did restoring unity. And that's where we kicked off the Nazarene Fund. We did it in Birmingham, Alabama. This is the probably the most uh, important of the restoring events that we have done. If you remember what Michelle Obama said in the election run-up of 2008, do you remember this? And Barack knows that we are going to have to make sacrifices. We are going to have to change our conversation. Uh, we're going to have to change our traditions, our history. We're going to have to move into a different place. Well, that has come true. We have changed our history. We have changed our, his, uh, our traditions. We are in a different place. The truth has been lost. Our God has been chased out of every public space. And that is not America. We're a nation that was built on an idea that all men are created equal and endowed by their creator. We were a nation built on this vision of a nation that was a shining city on the hill, that was different, that all nations would look and say, look at what this nation is. We know we've accomplished an awful lot. We were close here and there in certain ways. We affected the world. When we weren't bragging about ourselves, the world noticed. That's why France gave us the Statue of Liberty. It was to, to wake the people up in France. That's why the George Washington crossing the Delaware. That's not an American painting. That's a German painting. Right after Marx did his manifesto, that painter in Germany painted that to show the American people what happens when everyone chooses to get into a boat. There was a great debate in the 1850s where, whether America was built by those who sought gold, treasures, fame, fortune, the people who came over here to rape this land. Or were we built by the pilgrims who came here because they wanted to live a life that was free and free to worship God as they saw fit? The pilgrims who brought kindness, good relations with Native Americans. In fact, we had the longest treaty with Native Americans in American history at the time of the pilgrims. And it was the Native Americans that broke that treaty, not the white man. While Jamestown brought misery, slavery, abuse, and in the end, cannibalism, the pilgrims brought something else. And America needed to decide which 
is our founding. Who who were the people who came here? Are we the root? The branches that have grown from that root is our is our basic trunk Jamestown or Plymouth? We decided in the Civil War in 1863, the middle of the Civil War, Abraham Lincoln is driven to his knees to the point where he says, what do you want from me? And because we had lost every single battle, I think except for one or two, in 1863, he realized this is not about saving the Republic. This is about freeing God's children. And so he wrote the Emancipation Proclamation, and then he called people to prayer and fasting and humiliation. And he renewed the covenant that had been made by the pilgrims and then made again in in, uh, New York City at 28 Wall Street by George Washington as he laid his hand on the Bible. It's important to know what scripture he opened that Bible to. He was renewing that covenant. Well, that covenant has changed us every time it was made. And we have lost our way. And the covenant has not been renewed since 1853. And we have done everything. A covenant is a contract. It's an if-then proposal. If we do these things, then you will protect us. We will be your people. God's never on anybody's side. You have to be on his side. So we've lost God. But we've also lost our traditions. I, I am, when I was raising my younger kids or my older kids, every 4th of July was special. We would go to a different American city and we would experience the fireworks and we'd, we'd make it all about history. And I got to a point, probably 2000, I don't even know, 12, 15, where I just couldn't do it anymore. I remember I went, and it was not about America at all. And everything that was America was James Brown or Bruce Springsteen. It was just a spectacle. And I gave a speech that 4th of July, and the next day in the newspapers, they made it all about partisan politics when all I spoke about was George Washington. And our founding. And we haven't been to a 4th of July celebration really since. That's got to change. Our tradition has been lost. I spoke here last night at Turning Point USA. And I was amazed at how many people just don't know our history. And this is a well-educated group. But I see it all the time. They don't know our history at all. Our history has been taken from us. So I am really happy to announce that, and I truly believe in miracles, because of miracles that have happened in the last few uh, weeks, I can announce today that this July 4th, Independence Day weekend, it will happen between the 3rd, 4th, and 5th, In Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, we are restoring the covenant. It's a three-day event 
that will be able to cover really everything. History. You're going to learn more about history in fun and different ways. We're going to start with a, a Shabbat meal. It's going to be uh, hosted by several people that you know. I can't wait to tell you who's all involved in this. Then there's going to be breakout sessions and different speakers and a fireworks show done my way. Uh, I'm designing and we're orchestrating all brand new music. And it's going to be music, spoken word, artifacts, history as we paint it in the sky. And then Sunday morning, we'll have a Sunday service outdoors. Now, here's the thing. We are so, so grateful to Cumberland and Straban Township, uh, where Gettysburg is. They have been so, I mean, wow, are these people. I can't wait for you to meet the people of Gettysburg and these townships because they are just so rock solid. I mean, it's a small town, a really small town. Um, and they're just so salt-of-the-earth kind of people. They've been bending over backwards to make this happen, and we can't thank them enough. And I can't wait for you to see the downtown and see all the things that are happening there. Um, but it is extremely limited space, uh, and we are limited to a certain number of people just because of the roads are so small getting in and out. So I'm urging you today to go to glenbeck.com slash restore. glenbeck.com slash restore. You'll find out all of the information there. We have, we have, we have put on reserve hotels in a, like a 40, 50-mile radius um, because they're scarce. We've also secured places where you can come with a tent and camp. You can bring your RV and all the way from that to a special week-long event, uh, as we try to pay for this event, a week-long event where you're with me, David Barton, uh, and Tim Ballard, and other special guests that will start in Plymouth. A special private train will then take us to Boston. Then the next day, it takes us to New York City. Then the next day, Independence Hall. And then finally on Friday, we will arrive in Gettysburg. There's something for all families, all budgets, everything. I urge you to secure your place with a $5 donation to uh, the Nazarene Fund and OUR. That will hold your place in line because it will be first come, first serve, and it's extremely limited. So please go there now, glenbeck.com slash restore, and I will see you this Independence Weekend. All right, Charlie Kirk is coming up in uh, just a second. I want to just say hi to Chad Prather, who is here, and just... This is an amazing crowd here, isn't it? It's incredible. It's fantastic. Give the electricity hope. in this place is amazing. Yeah. And to see this next generation and what's out oh, there, it definitely gives you hope. So great. Thanks for stopping by. Charlie Kirk, the uh, founder of uh, Turning Point USA, joins me now. How are you, Charlie? Great, Glenn. You were excellent last night. Thank you. Thank for you. That. Thank you. Uh, it was. Uh, it, I, I meant what I said when I walked out on stage and said, "You give me hope." Oh, thank you. It is. It's. You've put together what five thousand 
18 to 24 mm-hmm. year olds. Yes. And they're from all over, not only the country, the world mm-hmm. now. Uh, and they're, they're the fresh troops. This is the generation that's, that's right. going to fight the battle. And they're fighting on the front lines for freedom and liberty. And you gave a very the compelling interactive history talk. <laughs> and you and I were talking off camera how dangerous it is that students don't know history, and then they yeah. think that history starts with them. You know who else tried to do that? In the French Revolution. Remember, they yes. wanted to start time over. Yeah. It was a Robespierre mm-hmm. idea in 1792. History starts with us. Everything before it is a, is a mistake. Religion, morals, we're the most important people in the world. Right. And you see that through Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Mm-hmm. She says, well, everyone before us has screwed everything up. Well, not so fast, my friend. Mm-hmm. That kind of hubris, that kind of pride will lead a culture to destruction. Greta Thunberg. Mm-hmm. She's a frightening, sad case. I mean, here's totally. this, this girl who says, how dare you? You've stolen my future. Nobody's stolen your future. You mm-hmm. make the future. Correct. And she wrote a piece, co-authored with a university professor from University of Texas, Austin, and another climate activist, where she said it's not even about climate change. It's about deconstructing a colonial patriarchy that's rooted in racism. That's the real agenda there. But Glenn, what you did so brilliantly last night, what you've done for years, is you talk about the heroic stories that have built our country and that we're not just like every other country. We are exceptional. Walt Disney, Jesse Owens, these heroes that have built our country. And most students are not taught this in any form whatsoever. I was shocked. Candace Owens said, "How how many are taking Western Civ? have taken a Western Civ class. Mm -hmm. One hand went up in a crowd of 5,000. In fact, they're being told and taught that Western Civ is evil and is wrong. That this whole society that has been so good for humanity, and for those Christians out there, so good for the gospel of Jesus Christ, so good for the advancement of a moral order, is a mistake. And this this is, the failure to teach our history means that the the future will be put in jeopardy. So, Charlie, how can... I help you. How can this audience help you? You being here, you doing your show, you speaking here has been such an amazing blessing to us and our organization. How can the audience help? Well, they, if they'd like to you know, chip in, it's tpusa.com is the website. You can get engaged in a variety of different ways. And the, probably the most important is get your students and your family members involved with Turning Point USA. It is, your growth is unprecedented. You, you. are, you're what the Tea Party dreamt of. I mean, this organization didn't exist five years ago, and it's right. worldwide. Yes, sir. Yeah. It's, I can't, I can't tell you UK, how. In the UK, and then we had a great victory there. We were yeah. very happy about that. But it, it, never bet against Americans, ever. And that's what your stories told us last night. And this is not supposed to happen. The ruling class, yeah. the elites, they never thought that a movement of young people could be organized around conservative ideas. Yeah. We're, we're going to take back our country. And they are uh, they're brave. They're yes, they are not afraid. Yes. They are not afraid. I admire you and everybody at Thank Turning you so Point. Much, You've Glenn. done a great job. I Thank really you so it. much, Charlie. Thank you. All right. Coming up in a few minutes, we have uh, Rudy Giuliani and uh, a, a first-time appearance of Candace Owens uh, in just a few minutes. You don't want to miss a second of the last Glenn Beck program of the decade. You're listening to Glenn Beck.